Will Alec Murdoch get a new trial? Well, there's new information developing that at least gives him a good faith basis for that. Is the FBI intimidating Brian Koberger's expert witness? I'm going to give an example of pure evil. And then finally, our dumb criminal of the day. Let's talk about it. Good day, everyone. My name is Scott Reich, and this is Crime Talk. Thanks for joining us. You know the drill. Subscribe if you haven't, like if you do, leave me a comment, and hit that little bell for notifications. And remember, you can always listen to us, not only here, but anytime on any of your favorite podcasting apps. As a pet owner, you want to give your furry friend the very best. That's why baked in Colorado CBD-infused dog treats are the perfect choice. These delicious treats not only taste great, but they also provide a wide range of health benefits for your pet. CBD has been shown to have many positive effects on dogs, including reducing anxiety, alleviating pain and inflammation, and improving overall wellness. Baked in Colorado's treats are infused with premium, full-spectrum CBD oil, meaning your pet will benefit from the whole plant extract. Not only that, but Baked in Colorado's treats are made with all-natural human-grade ingredients, so you can feel good about what you're giving your pet. They're also free from wheat, corn and soy, making them a great option for dogs with food sensitivities. Baked in Colorado CBD-infused dog treats are the perfect way to support your pet's health and well-being. With various flavors, including peanut butter, pumpkin, and bacon, your dog will love them too. So why wait? Head to www.bakedincolorado.com today and order your dog a bag of these delicious and nutritious treats. Your pet will thank you for it. All right, let's go ahead and get to the uh, docket. Let's open the record for September 5th, 2023. Is Alec Murdoch going to get a new trial? Well, attorneys for Alec Murdoch have filed a motion for a new trial citing evidence of jury tampering by a court official. Pretty bold allegation. Well, Murdoch's attorney said today, quote, today we filed a petition based on newly discovered evidence with the South Carolina Court of Appeals to stay Murdoch's appellate process that is taking place while they ask for a hearing to be held on the motion for a new trial. Concurrently, they have uh, sent a request to the uh, South Carolina United States Attorney to open a federal investigation into the alleged violation of Alec Murdoch's civil rights. Now, in their motion for a new trial, Murdoch's attorneys say that the Carlton County clerk at of the court in the motion for a new trial, Murdoch's attorneys allege that the Colleton County clerk of the court, a woman by the name of Rebecca Hill, frequently spoke with jurors about the trial, often remarking about the defendant's presumed guilt and pressuring them to quickly dispense of his case. Specifically during the trial, it is alleged that the Colleton County clerk of the court, Rebecca Hill, instructed jurors not to be misled by evidence presented in Mr. Murdoch's defense. That's according to the allegation filed by Murdoch's attorneys. We'll have to wait and see if there's going to be a response by the prosecutors. It's also alleged that the clerk told jurors not to be fooled by Mr. Murdoch's testimony in his own defense. Ms. Hill had frequent private conversations with the jury foreperson, a court-appointed substitution for the foreperson the jury elected for itself at the request of Ms. Hill. Now, Murdoch's legal team also bases their allegations on details from jurors themselves. 
in sworn affidavits that have been filed with the motion. Now, the motion offers additional sources for the actions allegedly taken by the clerk, including a witness to juror interviews, testimony at an in-camera proceeding, and other evidence that we'll have to wait to see to get. Now, Murdoch's attorneys claim that Hill, the clerk of the court, repeatedly tampered with the jury and the levers of the Palmetto State Justice in service of cash. Now, Ms. Hill um, pressured jurors, it's alleged, to reach a quick verdict, telling them from the outset that their deliberations, that it shouldn't take them too long, the filing alleges. And Ms. Hill did those things to secure for herself a book deal in media appearances that would not happen in the event of a mistrial. Now, Ms. Hill betrayed her oath of office for money and fame, according to Murdoch's attorneys. And as you may recall, back on March 2nd, after a trial of some six weeks, Murdoch was found guilty by a jury there in the Calton County Courthouse. He was uh, convicted of killing his wife, Maggie Murdoch, and their son, Paul, uh, down there by the dog kennels at their uh, hunting house called Moselle. Now, there were certain times stamps um, on that decision at about 6.41 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ultimately, jurors spent just shy of three hours of deciding Mr. Murdoch's fate after a six-week trial. Now, what I think is also interesting is that the attorneys for Mr. Murdoch requested, sent a letter to the United States attorney requesting a federal law enforcement investigation. Uh, it alleges that Ms. Hill was a state actor in violation of the United States Code Section 18, United States Code 242, by tampering with the Carlton County jury. And they ask that even if no federal charges are ultimately brought, that a thorough investigation by the Federal Bureau of Investigation needs to take place to uncover or discover the truth and to vindicate Mr. Murdoch's federally guaranteed right to a fair trial. The attorneys allege that the professionalism and integrity of the FBI agents are unimpeachable. Well, that depends on who you ask. Anyway, FBI agents will not attempt to direct the outcome of the investigation by pressuring or deceiving any juror or any other witness. So in short, they are requesting that the FBI in investigate the uh, allegations because, well, Alec Murdoch's attorneys believe the FBI is beyond reproach. And um, unlike SLED, which is so tainted as it relates to uh, Mr. Murdoch, that um, they can't be trusted. Now, we'll see. Obviously, this is a big allegation. It's another allegation to actually back things up. I haven't seen it yet, but I would be interested, very, very interested in seeing the affidavits of the jurors. And if there has been some influence, well, guess what? Alec Murdoch may get a new trial. We'll have to wait and see. Next on the docket, are FBI agents attempting to intimidate Brian Koberger's expert witness? So although Alec Murdoch's attorneys trust the FBI and believe they are beyond reproach, well, not so in the case of Brian Koberger. Brian Koberger's lawyers have accused the FBI of interfering with a genetic expert witness in the trial by allegedly interrogating her at her home. Now, obviously, Koberger is facing trial over the fatal stabbings of four University of Idaho students, Kaylee Gonzalez, Madison Mogan, Ethan Chapin, Zainer Kronobel, uh, all last year. Now, the suspect who was 
charged with these counts, obviously, is um, no other than Brian Koberger. And his attorney, uh, a woman by the name of Ann Taylor, has said that the genetic genealogy expert, Gabriella Vargas, who recently spoke in court about the DNA matching, had been harassed by the FBI shortly after she got off the witness stand. It's alleged that the FBI visited the expert and interrogated her about her testimony and her findings. Interesting. Well, a couple things here. Certainly, the FBI could have gone to discuss this at the direction of the district attorney before she testified, and more than likely the defense would have made her available as a uh, witness to be interviewed, or they could have done it on the witness stand. But let me just tell you, ladies and gentlemen, um, the FBI has been known to do these types of things. Certainly, they don't like when people call out how they do business. There's a lot of secrecy in the FBI. Heck, they're the last ones to do body cams. They, they, they don't wear body cams. Uh, even interviews are just initially starting to be recorded. Everything was trust the FBI, we're beyond reproach. Whatever's in the 302 is all we need. I can tell you personally, I had a case years, years ago where it was a drug case and there was a snitch and I pretty much destroyed the snitch on the stand. And when I got done, one of the victim advocates for the uh, uh, prosecution came up and said, hey, somebody's here from the FBI and they would like to speak with you. And I said, well, guess what? I'm not going to speak with the FBI. But they were there to clearly uh, in, try to intimidate me because we had burned their confidential informant. And we had gone to the neighborhood and asked around. And the bottom line is they don't like it when you play hardball, but they will play hardball with you. I'm sure we'll get a visit from the FBI here shortly, but that is the truth, ladies and gentlemen. So I know everybody always used to think, oh, the FBI was so great. They're not. They're a bunch of CPAs that became law enforcement officers. That's really what they are. Because you know what most of the degrees are for people in the FBI. They're accountants. That's what they were started out as. That's how do you think they got Al Capone? Wasn't for racketeering, wasn't for being a mobster. No, it was for tax evasion. That's what they're there for. So just something to think about, ladies and gentlemen. Next, all right, how about pure evil? Let me give you an example. A Florida dad has allegedly used a mechanical saw to allegedly murder his teenage son inside a mobile home. And um, the police have described the crime scene as horrific. Well, Stephen Thomas Rada, R-O-D-D-A, was arrested Monday in connection with the killing of his son, Stephen Lee Rada, who was only 16, inside the Polk County mobile home where the victim lived with his grandparents. Now, police have not released any type of motive of the killing, but the uh, sheriff, Grady Judge, described the father as a nasty, nasty, evil person. I don't think there should be a whole lot of debate about that. Maybe some mental health issues, but you can still be a nasty person with mental health issues. Anyway, the 16-year-old's grandfather left the home Monday morning to go visit his wife, who is doing uh, physical rehabilitation, and saw Stephen Thomas outside when he returned home about 11 a.m. The dad told the teen's grandfather, I wouldn't go in there if I were you. I killed someone. You may need to call the police. 
Now, Stephen Lee was living with his grandfather to help him as his wife was, like I said, in physical uh, rehabilitation. The grandfather told investigators it was not uncommon for the suspect to say bizarre things, so they didn't think much of it. But then the suspect also has a history of using methamphetamines and has had some psychotic episodes previously in the past, according to the grandfather. Well, the suspect showed up at the grandfather's house um, about a month ago after traveling around the country. He also has an outstanding warrant in South Carolina, which is clearly the least of his concerns. Well, nobody knows why he did what he did other than he is a nasty, nasty, evil person, according to the sheriff. Now, the sheriff's also had to catch up with the suspect about a mile away uh, from the alleged homicide scene while he was trying to flee. Yes, a saw, ladies and gentlemen, your own kid. Think about that one. Nasty, nasty person. And then finally, our dumb criminal of the day. A drug dealer in Pennsylvania was arrested after he called the police to his apartment, stating that he was robbed. But when the police arrived, they saw his drugs and paraphernalia sitting around in plain sight. Now, according to the police report, Alan Phelan Jr. called the police to report that someone had broken a window and entered his apartment. When the officers arrived, it did not appear that they had a broken window at all. They asked Phelan if anything was missing. He told the he took the officers around his apartment where they allege a pill bottle with a white powder was in clear view with a small measuring spoon. That's when they placed Mr. Phelan in custody and executed a search warrant. During the search warrant, they found 47 grams of fentanyl, 71 packages uh, valued about 25 grand, uh, 13 grams of meth, 20 grams of marijuana, nine suboxone strips, and 12 clozapams. So, uh, Quick note there to uh, drug dealers. If you don't have a prescription, it's illegal. Two, you probably shouldn't invite the police over if you know you have drugs in the house. Particularly, don't leave them in plain view whereby they can arrest you, then go get a search warrant for the rest of the house because now you're just a drug dealer and they're going to go look in every little nook and cranny and look what they find. Not too smart at all. Maybe this is an example of uh, Mr. Phelan using his own product and making poor decisions. All right, I hope you all had a wonderful long weekend. Can you believe it's already Tuesday? Join us tonight, 6 p.m. Mountain Time for our live show. Immediately following that, we will have our Patreon show. Please join us, we'll see you tonight. Mm -hmm.